0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number. Yesterday, towards the end of the programme, when we were talking about the increasing costs on uh, small businesses, especially the new one, which I think a lot of people weren't aware of, that from the 1st of January, uh, three weeks ago, um, uh, small employers, if, if one of their employees goes sick, instead of having to pay them for the first three days, they now have to pay them for the first five days. So the social insurance fund, which employers and employees pay into, doesn't come into it. And within the next 24 months, uh, that figure is going uh, from three days, three weeks ago, to 10 days that the employer has to pay sick leave uh, to an employee who happens, unfortunately, to be unwell. And Eddie uh, Keane runs the old bakehouse in Milltown Man Bay. He told us he employs 12 people and he he was very upset, but he also uh, made the, the really strong points about the impact on the local community in terms of the jobs that he provides. And he used the phrase that he's helped. And I'm sure he has put a lot of uh, young people through college from the Milltown Man Bay area. Now I see just uh, breaking news on the uh, Irish Examiner website, Cork Restaurant Nash 19 is to close immediately and uh, the, there's a, Nash 19 is a well-known um, Cork restaurant um, and well-loved Cork restaurant on Princess Street in Cork. It's been there for 30 years, believe it or not and uh, liquidators have just been appointed to the, to the company. The restaurant, which like every restaurant hopefully had a busy Christmas, closed earlier this week for its traditional post-Christmas break. But now the owner has decided uh, she will not be opening and uh, reopening. And her her name is uh, Claire Nash and she's a well-known uh, businesswoman in the Cork area and a well-known supporter of local producers and was instrumental in transforming uh, Princess Street, that wonderful street in Cork, into a, a fantastic outdoor dining area. And you'd know, anyone who's been in Cork recently, as I have, you know the restaurant beautiful frontage uh, very as the fellow said very well appointed lovely uh, verandas or canopies or major umbrellas outside heating and uh, really really elegantly uh, presented and uh, decorated now in the examiner um uh, uh, Claire says that uh, one of the reasons she is uh, closing, not the real reason, she's not the main reason, but she said it's difficult to blame anyone or anything in particular, but the cost of doing business is immeasurable. It is out of control and it has led me to the end of the road. Now, we know Claire was listening to, to yesterday's programme and obviously she's she's upset and she has to obviously tell her staff. That's 19 people, uh, 20 people. So that's what 20 families are going to be the, the affected by the decision of this long-standing and popular restaurant to actually shut down with immediate, with immediate effect. And um, that brings me to Stephen Gillespie. Stephen, good afternoon. Hi, how are you getting on, Joe? You're, You're right? just good, yeah. You, 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 you make well. Please make your points about being self-applied and why you can't simply, even though you'd like to, why you can't you can't simply take on extra staff, even more. Uh, well, yeah, well, a good few years ago, I had a couple of staff working for me, and it wasn't really the wages that was the problem. It was all the rest of the things that kind of go on top, like the taxes, the extra taxes, the the extra insurance, all these extra bits, and that was a good few years ago. Now, I would like to hire, 
you know, more staff on. But the problem is, is mm-hmm. you kind of, you've got so many days where you have to account for when they're not there. And like the trade that I'm in, if I book in several jobs for myself and several jobs for someone else, and if that person can't make it, then it just means I'll get a bad name. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I have to, so at the moment, I'm just soldiering on um, by myself. But at the moment I have COVID, and I've had to take a few days off okay. and then try and restructure the jobs that I am doing so I'm not around anybody, um, kind of spreading the love of COVID, to be honest. Um, but just kind of, because if I don't work, I don't get any money. And you um, say, I can't expand my business and I'm really busy. PRSI and sick pay is a nightmare. Wages yeah. wages aren't a problem, which is what you just said. I, yeah. I would never pay someone cash in hand. I've been in business for 16 years and I couldn't go back to employing anyone. No, I don't think I could because there's just too many, too many kind of costumes that are not... Yeah, they are kind of hidden. It's only when you have to pay them at the end mm. of the month and you get the extra bills and you're like, oh, you didn't really allow for them. And so I just soldier on. I say a lot, uh, no to a lot of people. And um, that's the way I've kind of had to structure my business. But it's it's horrible because I say no to a lot of people and that then reflects on the business that I'm not being able to do the things that I've been told I can tell people that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. And I presume you being <laughs> sick, unfortunately, with COVID um, yeah. at the moment, um, I presume you, you don't get sick pay. I, I, I don't believe I can get any sick pay or anything yeah. like that. No, yeah. I don't. I, I, I've never been told that I can. I've never really looked in it either, but I don't think I can. Like So if I'm now for a couple of days, I was literally bed bound. Uh-huh. And, um, did you and get, as the fellow said, did you get a, did you get a bad dose of COVID? Um, it was kind of just trying to mind it as best I could. Cause, uh, now, fortunately, I haven't been sick since maybe two years ago, nearly two years ago with COVID. And when I had the COVID, all the restrictions kind of lifted. So I went through the family. And so that I was the last one to get it. But what was ending up, I was having to bring the two kids to school. I was having to collect the two kids. Yeah. And um, and then I couldn't really mend myself. And my throat was killing me that time. So fortunately, this time, it's not as bad, but still bad enough uh, to literally wipe me out for two days where I couldn't do anything apart from be in bed. And by the way, I don't know whether you ever even priced the cost of buying sick pay insurance. In other words, if your employer doesn't cover it and you're self-employed as you are, to go and buy sick pay insurance is astronomical. It's astronomical. Astronomical. For you can buy it from an insurance company, but I'm telling you, you'll be paying, you'll be paying an, awful, an awful lot of money. So pick, sick pay is a, is a pretty uh, helpful I know it doesn't cover everything, but it's a pretty helpful uh, uh, aid to a worker when when they're out sick and they're, okay. look, they're lucky enough to be to be uh, employed. Is there any way you can? Is there any state agency that might say, "Well, take, can you take on an apprentice? We'd help you to take on an apprentice." Or, well, the problem with mine is I'm um, an also electrical technician, so okay. what my job kind of entails is car alarms, tracking, reversing cameras and Bluetooth oh, kits yeah. and okay, anything yeah. to do with vehicle kind of safety and upgrades. So unfortunately there's not really a course in college for it. So then there's no real apprentice that falls okay. on side. Um, so when when I have to hire someone, I have to take in consideration a three to six month training period. 
Okay. And then even still, then, if there's any problems, I'll have to be the go-to person. And mm-hmm. it's all well and good when everything is going well. But if I have to be called off on a job that I'm already doing to okay. try and fix another job, it doesn't make financial sense in any way to, but to do my, it. My memory, did, because of the extent of COVID, I thought self-employed people were entitled to COVID illness benefit. It's worth investigating, at least. I don't know where it's still... I think it was back in the day when everyone was getting this PUP money, you know, the yeah, free yeah. money from the government. I don't think it's still uh, applicable now. I don't know. Um, kind of like the, the benefits of being self-employed, I, I, the only person I really speak to on that is my accountant. But There could be other avenues I haven't explored. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I just have to make sure that I'm as healthy as I can be and work as much as I can do. To, yeah. to allow for the times and again when I'm on going on holidays or anything like that I don't get paid for the time I'm away on holidays okay. so you know it's it's not it's not me playing a, a violin for people to hear there's a lot of people out in the same boat who are self-employed and you know that if they want to take a holiday that they have to structure it in a certain way where they know they're not going to get paid for that time okay okay by the way yeah. what's the prognosis how are you feeling I'm much better today anyway, like, so it's, um, the, the last time was, I was like swallowing razor blades and I was making sure I wasn't going to get a sore throat, but I've got congestion and sore throat to a point and, um, just normal kind of cold and flu symptoms, you know, that's, but it, it, it's tested positive on the COVID, okay. stick, you know, the antigen. So when okay. I, whenever I have to do anything, stick on the mask, um, and other than that, just keep it to myself, like, so. Okay, well, and I began talking about Claire Nash, and I just see people texting to say she's the, the she she was a tireless champion for Cork City, gives so much to support uh, local uh, local uh, producers and uh, suppliers. So that's a, that's that's a big blow. But uh, I hope you recover uh, quickly, uh, Stephen. Oh, yeah. And um, thanks thanks for making that point. But I think it might be worth if you can even Google even Google it now. Um, it would be uh, insurance. Yeah, so the, the COVID payments, especially. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Stephen. Stay. By it, the way, is there is there a big demand now for that type of what did you say? Reversing cameras and CCTVs. Uh, do you know what? Uh, honestly, my most of my business is brand new cars. Um, okay. We we have what's the RT here, and you know it's a huge yeah. tax on vehicles. So yeah. a lot of cars come in poverty spec. And okay. for the likes of reversing cameras and not okay. as much sensors, but reversing cameras, they kind of up sell them after they've been brought in and cleared and stuff like that. Okay, and um, so, we're, but we're, there we're, is we're, yeah, we've the highest we've the highest VRT in Europe, haven't we? Great little right. what was the phrase the Finnegan election slogan or uh, former teacher Gendy Kenny, um, much respected, and he said this uh, we're going to make this a great little country to do business. Do you know what? I, I think Ireland is one of the best countries in Europe to do business. They're okay. very much kind of shadowed by the UK. You know, any of my suppliers in the European, they've always been like, since Brexit, it's been like, oh, sure, you're part of England. It's like, no, we're not part of England, we're Europe. Yeah, and it's been, nice. you know, it's been very much shadowed. But like Ireland, like, you know, there's so many people who want to do stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, due to these costs and, you know, implications, it's very hard for people to uh, jump on to the self-employed ladder. Um, where, cause 
be honest, the perks of being employed are very high. And to be honest, in another way, the perks of not being employed is very, very attractive too as well. Okay, okay. Okay, well, keep going, Stephen, and I hope you uh, get over that COVID uh, ASAP. Talking about um, small businesses and employees, uh, the passing of the former uh, president of... uh, SIP2, previously the Irish Transport General Worker Junior, the passing this morning of Jimmy Summers uh, has to be remarked upon on national radio. Jimmy was a lifelong trade unionist from born in the beginning of the Second World War, 1939, and um, he got involved in union, heavily involved in the ITGWU, and then was inst- instrumental in in um, the formation of SIP2. He was pres- elect- elected president, remember, elected president of the new SIP2 in 1997, highly regarded with every employee and employer that he worked for. That's what I heard over that from people, because I've known Jimmy uh, and his wonderful family uh, for, for years, and he negotiated the, was called Partnership 2000, of people can remember that, that back that far. He got 80,000 low-paid employees out of the tax net. He got a 9.25% increase for public servants. He was a great, a, a very decent man. He was a Labour Party candidate on a number of occasions. And indeed, he was so loyal to the Labour Party, as he was loyal to every organisation he was involved in, that he actually stood aside in 1969 when the Labour Party uh, co-opted David Thornley uh, and Jimmy stood aside as the candidate, as the main candidate, and David Thornley uh, got elected. That's how loyal uh, Jimmy was to the cause of Labour. So condolences to uh, Amanda, uh, Jimmy Jr. uh, and Derek and um, all uh, Jimmy's extended uh, family. And uh, Jimmy was predeceased by his beloved Alice, um, who was also a fantastic campaigner, great principled woman. Alice died uh, three months ago. Uh, Jimmy Summers, uh, yesterday, good ever, Adam Dealish. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie, can I ask people if you do get a moment to change, if you have the Liveline WhatsApp number in your contacts, which I hope you have, I hope you have all the Liveline numbers, because especially when you're going away, which is our next caller, so he contacted us, uh, our email obviously is joe at rt.ie, but the Liveline WhatsApp voice message number is 87 48 48 if you just put that in and if you want to send us a voice message on WhatsApp it is uh, extremely easy to do Bill Kyo, good afternoon Good afternoon Joe And uh, Bill, you, you uh, made a booking to booking.com you landed in the apartment and what happened? Well, we landed in the apartment on the 4th of uh, January mm-hmm. and um, when we walked in I got a smell that, oh, that's not great. Uh, but I didn't say anything. And the young lady that was showing us in, I'd say she was gone in six or seven minutes. Okay. And then I kind of, I knew it was kind of a bathroom smell. And I went and checked, was, uh, there's a small separate WC okay. and a full bathroom. I checked them both. And in particular, the small WC had a really bad smell in it. So... Look, we just arrived. We said we'd open all the windows, air the place mm-hmm. out, and see what it was like when we came okay. back. So we did that. Okay. Um, 
when we came back, there was what I can only describe as an overpowering stench. Okay. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but when you uh, open mo- one yeah, of the mo- doors... Most, most people would be familiar. Um, well, I, I'm not sure you're right there, Joe, because okay. we all know what a sewer smell is like. Okay. I mean, I've worked on sewers, and it's, it's, not, it's not an over... If the sewer is working correctly, it's not an overpowering stench. It's a light, earthy smell that you wouldn't want in your house. Yeah. But this was an overpowering stench such that when you opened the door, your immediate response was to withdraw, pull back your head. Okay, okay. So that was the first day. So it was now, on, it's, it's unbearable, is that what you're saying? Well, the stench. I was concerned for my health. Yeah. I mean, I know people have died from, from uh, inhaling okay. um, sewer fumes. So the person who showed you the apartment was long gone. Did you have a phone? You, had a, oh, fo- yeah, yeah, you, had, a, you yeah. had a phone number. I had. Okay, what happened? So, so what, I, what we did is we said, I, I can't remember what time it was, but it was the evening. We opened all the windows in the apartment and we went to bed. Okay. Um, in the morning, we looked at the paperwork that was in the apartment for if we have a problem, okay. what to do. Yep. And I contacted the local host, I'll refer to them as. Nice. They said they would come and investigate. And... Um, so that was Friday. Yeah, sorry. Yes, they, they would come and investigate. They did come and investigate. Okay. The lady herself and a young man. And he said, uh, he found one thing straight away, which was there was no trap with one sink. One sink in the main bathroom, they plumbed it without a trap. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I say, that shouldn't give you the overwhelming stench that we were getting. And he said, look, it must be the toilet. The two toilets. He said, "I'll come back tomorrow, and we'll take off the two toilets." Yeah, that's great. That's, that's great detective work, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's pretty no, obvious. That what was it was reasonable. Yeah, but okay. but I did say to him on that day, I don't think the problem's in the apartment because when you have that overpowering stench, it usually means you have a serious blockage somewhere. Okay, and that gas has been building up for days. So I presume However, at this, but hang on, I presume at this stage, Bill, you and your wife are saying we got to get out of here. Well, look, here's the problem, isn't it? These people have your money. Okay. And how do you get it back from them? Well, you tell me, what did so, you do? What, what did you do? Okay, so what, what, what happened was, um, so they said they would come back on Saturday and fix this problem. By midday, nobody had appeared, nor had we had any contact. So then I contacted Booking.com for the first time, who were the people that had my money. Now, within, I'd say, 20 minutes of that email, I was counting them by email or text or something, two guys turned up without your woman. I've never seen your woman again. Sorry, I won't refer to her woman. I've never seen that young lady okay, again. Okay. And um, there were two very nice people, and they worked all day trying to sort it out. I, while, when they were here, I made a detailed sketch of how the sewer system would be configured. And I kind of went through where I said, look, if the problem was in the apartment, it might be in one bathroom, but it won't be in two. And they kind of agreed with me, but they still had to do what they had to do. So they worked for about four hours, very hard. And um, there were other problems as well, but I won't go into that detail about the plumbing, but this is the one that was life-threatening. At the end of the four hours, one of them called me over and said, look, 
we we found um, the connection from the toilet to the sewer pipe wasn't very good and in both toilets, and we've fixed them both. Now, I wasn't convinced, but I said grand. And my, John and I sat there while they were there because we didn't know, you know, so we sat there for four hours doing nothing with the window open. Um, when he called me in and said, it's okay now, I sealed it round and all that. Mm-hmm. I said, Grant, and about 20 minutes later, while they were still working, I went back in and it was back to normal, the stench. Okay. So I called them over and said, look, it's still there. And they agreed. Um, now, um, so then... What were your, Bill, what were your demands at this stage? Were you just saying, get me somewhere else quickly? I hadn't made any demand at that stage, but now that it wasn't uh, working, I said, we have to go somewhere else, to the local host, having previously been in contact with Booking.com. So a young man called Alex turned up, who was part of this company that hosts, responsible for the apartments. Um, And he said, I can take you to a, a, a different apartment, um, yeah, great, yeah. But it's not exactly what you paid for. But it's you can great. stay there till we fix this problem. Yeah, did you say is it better or worse? Um, it gave us a link so we could have a look at it. So what it was, was it, it didn't have all the facilities that we'd paid for. It had two bedrooms, but they're two very small bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, one with two children's beds in it. Beds in it. One would have a double bed, but okay. very little room for anything else. Uh, and no balcony, which we paid for. But obviously we had to accept it because this was uh, Saturday night, I think. Okay. So, by the way, so you're, you're, we I know you were, to use a phrase I saw the other day, you were, you, you had hoped, hoped to overwinter, as you used to say, in Alicante because you were going for a month. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it overwintering. I know, job. I know. We'll it's, take a break it's, after it's, Christmas. It's a sedate phrase from the no, 19th no, century. No, no, it wasn't anything with weather, really. Okay. It was to, to do with having a break. I mean, Joan works very hard. Yeah, great. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, and we also we hired, rented a two-bedroom apartment so that other people could come here. Now, we've got four kids. Uh, none of them... Well, one might take up the offer later, but none of them were going okay. to. But my sister, I, I have five sisters, one in uh, the UK and her husband um, are here now. They came yesterday. Yeah. And, and where, I have another sister. Where, 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 sorry, Bill, where, where are you now? I'm in the apartment. And the are, you, apartment. are you happy with the apartment? Well, if you want me to answer it this way, it's, it's clean and it's not a threat to our health or safety. Oh, God, that's pretty basic. Yeah, no, but no, it's the 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 furniture and everything is okay. No, it's good. It's oh, good. Okay. The furniture okay. and everything okay. is okay. good. Okay. Okay. Um, now we 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 rang when you contacted us. It's a few days now since you contacted. We rang Booking dot com. Have they fixed you up in terms of money? Okay, so what what a lady called Josephine rang me after you'd contacted her. Well, your team, and she told me. Um, that she was very sorry to hear the trouble we'd had, etc. And that she would offer me compensation for the week of holiday that was ruined because we really couldn't enjoy our holiday. Mm. And I mean that literally. You can't imagine what it's like to be uh, trying to relax in a situation where you you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. You know, when you're 
72 years of age, you know. Mm. Um, but the, re- the reason I rang your team or rang, uh, emailed, emailed you was I was sitting here on, um, I think it was Wednesday, no, it was Tuesday evening. And my sister and her husband were coming on Thursday evening. And I had just been told by Booking.com okay. that, that they could do nothing for me. So I was facing eviction this, on Friday morning, which would have been this morning, myself and my two guests out on the road with nowhere to go, though I have to say the local hosting company said they would refund us pro rata. They told us we could cancel the booking and they would refund us pro rata. But think okay. about it for a minute. I gave Booking.com about 1,500 quid. Yeah. The local, local hosting company didn't get 1,500 quid. Let's say they got 1,000. So they'd be refunding me if they did indeed, indeed live up to what they said. They'd re- be refunding me, say, two-thirds of 1,000 instead of two-thirds of 1,500. So I was... Really stuck. If it had been just Joan and I, we'd have probably said, look, okay, but you're find another, a reasonably but priced the, hotel. Yeah, but there's another couple coming, isn't there? You need a space for, for another couple of, who, as you said, arrived, arrived yesterday. So are you, as of today, OK, Booking.com told us they were going to refund the first week. Did they refund the money, yes or no? No, they haven't done any, refunded um, anything yet. But they told us they, they, they would. OK, they, they told me they would. Okay, well that's good. Oh, that's good. Well, then we but have. They the, also told me, in well, fairness, they also yeah. told me they would refund uh, food bills for the first week because, as I said to them, we oh, uh, rented an apartment so that we could, to a certain extent, look after eat ourselves. Eat. Yeah. Well, definitely breakfast, lunch, and yeah, yeah, what yeah. we normally do. Is and how did they respond to maybe that? Maybe a couple of nights dinner. Yeah. How did well, they? Well, she said. It, she said, if I provide receipts, she will refund it when I go back. Okay. Okay. Which, to me, was a, a, a huge relief from where I was on Wednesday evening. And I have to say thanks to you and your team, because without a shadow mm. of a doubt, it was your, or the team's intervention that got that response. But, you know, she won't refund it till I go back, I suppose. Yeah, OK, on, I understand in, that, yeah. Just in case I cause more trouble. You OK, know? you won't, you won't, you won't. I won't. Anyway, how long more have you got in Alicante? What's the weather like, by the way, Bill? Uh, it's it's nice now. Yeah. There's no real. You see, from this apartment, you're looking at other apartments ten stories high. But like you see, the sky is blue, and I have been out this morning, and the sun is shining. Um, there has been a bit of a, a cool breeze, breeze, but we're told it'll get better and better as this time okay. goes on. Well, now. would you be surprised if I told you we're in the middle of a heat wave here? It's 24 degrees. I would, yeah, People, <laughs> a lot of pharmacies have run out of factor 50. Would you be surprised to hear that, Bill? I would be yeah, surprised. So, to hear yeah, that, yeah, sorry, yeah. You're right. Bowl me over. It's, I know. it's freezing. I know. Even the polar bears in Dublin I Zoo know. are complaining. Okay, Bill. Good to meet. Bill, enjoy the rest of your holiday and keep in touch if 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 which I'm booking. dot com a Red Bull company. They will honour uh, those agreements. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. 
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-8. Okay, since Monday we've been getting calls about this uh, competition or this game or this lottery, whatever it's called, that's run on the Bauer Media stations, which are News Talk, Today FM, Red FM, Spin FM and a number of other stations. They're very significant presence and a very strong and reputable presence, uh, both nationally and uh, locally. And people were complaining about this new game, which started uh, started just over about 12 months ago. It's called uh, the Cash Machine. And basically, they call out a number uh, every hour between six in the morning and uh, seven at night. They could they give out a number. It's obviously amount of cash. You either jot down the number or put it into your phone. And if uh, and then if you wish to play the game, in other words, if you, if you wish your number to be put into the your your telephone number to be put into the drum, and you can put it in as often as you want. Once you pay two fifty a time, by the way. Um, if if you put your number into the drum. And if your number is picked out, we've no idea how many how many telephone numbers go into that drum, uh, but they have given away five million in prizes in the last uh, twelve months and rising more than five million, uh, which makes it, as far as I can see, the biggest private commercial lottery uh, in the, in the country at this stage after the national lottery, which, as you know, uh, the argument there is good causes, etc., etc. But. Um, the, the people are then reveal to us that if you enter once and you don't enter the next day, you will get a text from Barrow Media saying, "This is the answer to the question today. Why don't you and an- why don't you enter?" Just give us another two fifty. Now it's the first time I've ever come across a competition where the answer is actually given to people before they even uh, are asked the question. But there you have it. Let's hear from, because there are more calls coming in on this, let's hear uh, from these two uh, Liveline listeners. Hi, Joe. Just sent through a message I got from 98FM for the cash machine. I'll just read it out to you there. Uh, free message. There is 50,178.52 in the 98FM cash machine today. Exclamation point. Reply cash to enter. Costs are €2.50 plus one test text message fee. Terms and conditions apply. 98fm.com link. Ends 3pm. Opt out. Reply stop. In my view, what we're looking at here is uh, definitely a gambling advert because there's a wager, there's a cost, uh, there's a chance. And I think uh, this was triggered because I entered the cash machine about, I don't know, two weeks ago. I suppose I was in- incentivized because somebody, uh, a respected a broadcaster suggested um, via the radio station that that you might want to do so. So I did. I, I felt really bad about it because it sounds like it's a really stupid thing to do. Waste of money. But now I've been getting these messages ever since, uh, enticing me to go back in and um, take advantage of, you know, the 50,000, whatever has been on offer. Uh, I do think it's very aggressive and I do think it's gambling. And uh, I think they should be, uh, they should be fought right in that and should be uh, regulated accordingly. Thank you so much. Hi, Joe. I was delighted to hear your programme the other day about the, the, the cash machine or the cash cow, as I think it should be called. I actually complained them to the Advertising Standards of Ireland uh, when the whole thing started first because I just thought it was so, oh, so dangerous, really. Um, I, I'm not a gambler. I don't have a gambling addiction or anything like that, thankfully. But I did work in a bookies many years ago, over 30 years ago, and I saw firsthand how gambling addiction affected people. People, you know, collecting their social welfare and, and spending it that day and leaving their families short. And, and it was actually heartbreaking. And uh, I, I just find it very funny that these particular radio stations then have 
have guests coming on talking about gambling addiction and gamble responsibly ads and all that when they really are encouraging gambling. So I have uh, entered the cash call on a Friday because that's the only day I can answer the phone. If, if the money isn't won on a Friday, then it rolls over to the Monday and I'm kind of going, oh, flip it, I don't know the, the new number. So I'm driving to work and next thing somebody, you know, calls out the number. I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to write this down. And I'm, But this is really like they're giving away 100,000. I think they give away 200,000 at one stage. It's really encouraging addiction. And I can imagine people who would be entering multiple times. Now, I would get the text to say enter two for three and I just ignore it. Luckily, I'm able to ignore it. But I just feel that it's totally wrong. As a result, I've stopped listening to the radio station completely. I've cut it out because I don't want to support them. It's my way of boycotting them. And that's Bridget, laterally and before that. Uh, was Steve. And this is a problem, by the way, Bridget uh, did complain to the Advertising Standards Authority. Now, as you know, the Advertising Standards Authority are a voluntary organisation um, funded by advertisers and they don't, they don't really have any power. They're giving out a lot recently about influencers, but that, that's, that's always guarantees coverage in the papers. Um, but anyway, this is what the Advertising Standards Authority said. Uh, in reply to Geraldine, I refer to your complaint regarding the cash machine competition. Uh, it's come to our light, come to light that we failed to respond to you. And um, we asked you, this was, this letter came uh, today, actually, the 12th of the 4th, 2024. Um, the function of the Advertising Standards Authority for Ireland ensure that advertising comply, comply with the requirements of code of standards uh, of advertising and marketing in Ireland. In this case, why we appreciate your concerns, we do not feel that the advertisement for the cash machine is likely to mislead consumers. The code requires that an advertisement be assessed in the light of its probable effect and when taken as a whole. After reviewing your complaint against the code, we noted that a test of skill is required. Now, the Advertising Standards Authority uh, don't tell us what the skill, what is the skill involved um, in is it memory, remembering a number? Is it being able to write it on your hand? Is it being able to uh, write it into your phone? Well, you'll get a text anyway with the answer into your phone. Um, because if you know how to use a mobile phone, which you have to, to enter, well, then it's a given that you have all those other skills, literacy, um, the ability to to read, uh, etc. Now, it appears this is the Advertising Standards Authority which say it is not a, 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 it is a test of skill and it appears that the competition is not a game of chance as knowledge is required to win. But the only knowledge that you require is the answer and you've already been given the exact answer because there is only one answer. We are not in a position to pursue the complaint. Okay, Michael, good afternoon. You complained to the Gambling Regula- Regulatory Authority of Ireland. What was the basis of your complaint about the cash ca- cash machine? Well, Joe, um, basically all of the ones forementioned, um, that, um, it was an enticement to gamble. There was should, uh, Where would you start? I mean, the, there was no means of verification of age to participate. There was... Uh, didn't appear to be any supervisory uh, control over the draw itself, as as with PwC on the lotto and that kind of thing. The um, the whole format changed bit by bit. To it became obvious uh, that rather than a promotional uh, tool, which it began 
um, mm-hmm. to gain listenership. Um, it it was found to be a cash cow. That's what I'd call it, not cash machine. It, it's a cash cow, obviously, for for power. Um, because now, now you don't have to be listening to get the answer because they will text you the answer. That crept in after about six months. You see, uh, okay. maybe they 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 adjusted things um, as. They found participation went up or down. Um, okay, and, quite obviously. And the other thing, um, which which Bridget referred to there, the other thing they started doing was when they text you, and they, they they only do this through text. They don't mention it on any of their many stations in Ireland. When they, they when they text you, they'll say, "By the way, if you answer twice, we'll give you a third one free, a third a third entry free." And in some cases, if you enter twice, we'll give you a fourth entry. Free, so that's another yes. incentive, but that's only over oh, that you don't have to listen to the radio to get that. In. Well, you won't get it if you listen to the radio because you don't, you don't have give to it listen out. to it for any of them for that matter. No, no, that I mean, that's it, that's inducement there. You know, um, I'm I'm astounded that there is no, no, um, you know, if, if you're a private uh, station, um, there appears to be no control over what you can what you can promote to the public and uh, yeah, but I had other concerns they're more more a bit mm. more profound as well, well. Begin, okay um, you wrote to the station mm. what response did you get none it was this it was if I had asked for the third secret of Fatima when I asked them you know they were quick to uh, to announce all the money they had given away yeah. but not a mention of how much it had made for them and where that money went, which I was kind of interested in. As I say, it was promoted with such gusto of mm-hmm. by individual presenters. That well, that's, that's, part I, of their, that's part of their job. It's part of their job, yeah. but uh, I was entitled to ask the question, did they have a personal gain from the proceeds, which it, it started to appear to me. Uh, um, there's gusto and there's gusto. Um, it just it just appeared to me that there was a personal interest in in each announcement. Um, well, there isn't. And, uh, there isn't. I can tell you. That's what we we've asked. You, you've, there you've isn't. There got isn't. An it's part, that, every 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 program has to mention it once an hour, at least. Yeah, oh, uh, it does. It does. It does. But the, as I say, well, okay. Look, okay. I, I, did did I, you write? Okay. Did you write to the presenters? I did. Yeah. You get any Okay. Did you get any? Okay. Did you get any response? Not, that. not even an acknowledgement that the text existed. No. Okay. Well, again, no, which, which made me suspicious. That's no, but, it's not, but they'd suspicious. say they'd say it's nothing to do with us. It's part of our job. It's like reading out the the phone number. Well, the okay. at least said that. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, okay. That okay. Okay. And you then know? you then you got on to the state quango, um, funded yeah. by the state, the gambling. Regulatory Authority of Ireland. Now remember, the Department of Justice have already told us there's nothing to see here. This is fine. Uh, the Gambling Regulatory Authority haven't said anything. Uh, obviously, it's been gone. Are they for in it. existence yet, Joe? Well, there's the, yeah, they are actually. They are. And then there's yeah, well, there's, there's Commission the Man, which is the new media commission, greatly expanded in their funding and remit, and they say it's nothing to do with them either. And the Advertising Standards Authority say that remembering, uh, being able to read out the answer to the question that you've been sent to by the uh, questioners is a skill. So right. literacy well, then, is a skill. So 
was which we know talking and chewing gum at the one time. Liter so. Literacy um, is literacy is a gift, but you need to be literate to enter the competition in the first place. Uh, well, so that's yeah. a given. That's a given. Okay, let me. Do you want me to give you? By the way, did it? Did did, did that? Okay, you didn't get any response. This is we've asked our media significant. Well, maybe other media organisations should be doing it. Um, but um, we've asked Barrow Media, on foot of the calls we're getting, and are still getting about this cash machine, which has now been going, by the way, for 15 months. And I think it was the Christmas uh, push for the €200,000 number, fairly easy number to remember, on the eve of the eve of Christmas Eve, that Friday the 22nd. OK. Um, how long has the cash machine been running, we asked Barrow Media, since September 2020? 21. Is cash machine legal, legalised under Irish competition law or is cash machine legalised under Irish gambling or gaming laws? And they reply, cash machine operates within the guidelines of Irish law. How long was cash machine running before the decision was made to roll uh, the weekly competition over the weekend as opposed to finishing Fridays as originally uh, the case? They say that wasn't originally the case. This has been happening since the competition was launched. Uh, and they, they call it a competition. They don't call it gambling. In, in, uh, they don't call it, call it a lottery. In September 2021, I'm also thinking that, in fairness to the local stations, because they, the local stations that are not part of the Barrow Group, they must be badly affected by this. And I know they did try valiantly a number of years ago. A lot of local stations who are, uh, who are uh, stuck for money and do great, great service, they did try, I remember, a thing called Radio Bingo. And it was in conjunction with um yeah, Joe, but anyway just to just let me finish that point yeah, they on, they on, they yeah. abandoned that because it didn't make any money so it's it's difficult to make money but Bauer if Bauer as you say can give out five million they're making money they're not a charity uh, how long is cash machine um um running before the decision was made to text and solicit entrance with the phone number obviously that they provided to Bauer the previous day um, they didn't answer that. How long uh, did you? How long? Um, when did you provide listeners with the answer? Total cash amount via text. They didn't answer that. Um, do you provide support for listeners who lose out on winning big cash amounts? And they say yes. Uh, support is offered. Um, and they, that's what they said. And how many entrants have lost out on winning six-figure sums live on air? Um, they don't tell us that either, which they're entitled to do, by the way. Have, I, have you any other outstanding questions, Michael? Because we're not getting any answers. This is this program yeah. should be called Questions and No Answers. Well, um, those questions um, were fairly much based on, on, on um, you know... Uh, Communications I provide. Oh, well done. Oh, well done. Well yeah. done. Well yeah. done. Well, anyway, well but uh, apart from that, apart from that, um, just, 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 yeah, I, I was going to interject there when, yeah, when you mentioned do, yeah. the, the, the the other stations and the, the bingo still does run. I know. Oh, it does it great. Run, run. Yeah, mm. yeah. But there's two important uh, differences. Okay. Firstly, it's its proceeds is, uh, go to rehab. That's right. It's yeah, not yeah. for personal gain. Well, I thought it was gone. Uh, and yeah. Because, and secondly, yeah. the prizes are minuscule. They're they're they're, yeah, they're yeah, doing they're, you know they're no more than uh, ordinary bingo played uh, in every hall in yeah, the country. Yeah. And, but, um, and there's a bit of fun. Yeah. By the way, there's anyone who's played bingo. There is a bit of fun and skill and crack and sociability uh, in 
in uh, playing bingo. And for example, I know it's going to be in the Irish Times tomorrow, but the Irish Times were, were saying uh, RT given out about this through Liveline uh, is a bit tongue in cheek given that they do so much coverage of horse racing. But horse racing is is an enjoyable spectator sport. In fact, the Irish Times today who are giving out about RG raising this, uh, given that we cover horse racing. We do cover horse racing. The Irish Times today, I think, is two pages on horse racing, and we'll have about five pages tomorrow. A list of runners and riders. They've nothing. They've nothing on the cash cow. No uh, Donald, yeah. say say with us, Michael. Joe at rt.ie. Yeah. Um, 87 This number is very close to my own personal number. So 87 488 is our WhatsApp voice number. We'll get it built into the stings. Uh, Donald Harrington, before the break, your point, please, Donald. Uh, Joe, the, the, I'm just thinking the National Lottery, for example, when the draw is on, will say uh, our draw has been overseen or observed by an independent observer from somebody, I don't know if, yeah. if it's still KPMG or whoever. Yeah, yeah. What I want to know is who oversees the operation of the draw for the uh, Bauer Media um, cash machine competition? I'd say we'll get to, I think it's a very good question. I think we'll get the same answer. Um, the cash machine operates within the guidelines of Irish law. That was their mantra. That's their mantra to us. Okay, but for, for the satisfaction or to satisfy um, the comp- people who are taking part in the competition, uh, they might like to know who actually oversees and who is observing okay. the process of the draw, who's actually observing when the draw is taking place. That's all. My second point, actually... Just just so we can explain to listeners who mightn't be aware of this, Donald. Okay, people, whatever radio station you tune into, News Talk Today, Spin, Red, the list is long, and they say now it's the, it's the the cash machine. And they gave out the same number across all the stations. Now, you might think it's just news talk that's, that you're addressing, so to speak. And then after three o'clock, you were not phoned live on air, as you know. Somebody phoned you off air, a chap called Barry. Very good at it, actually. Barry phones you off air. And um, then they record, obviously, the conversation. If you win, you win. And they put up you dancing and doing backflips. Um, so it's not on air. That's the other thing. People might say, well, hang on, the integrity, which um, there's no question about integrity, but the integrity surely is solidified by the fact that it's on air. It's not on air live uh, on any of the stations because it's going across all the stations. Anyway, keep going, Donald, my interruption again. Yeah, so that's the one thing, like who actually oversees it? Who, what independent body oversees it? My mm. second point is just, and this is just repeating what one of your, uh, okay. one of the ladies who left a message for you said earlier, that I actually stopped listening to all of those stations a long time ago, and I missed some of the programmes because I couldn't, um, uh, I was just fed up listening to this relentless promotion of this competition. On one particular occasion, a presenter uh when a call had been missed the previous day, a call was, went unanswered for a large amount, uh, announced <coughs> that, um, oh, yesterday somebody missed a call for whatever large amount it was. They must be kicking themselves. And I thought, what a crass, horrible thing to say. Uh, they had no idea who mm-hmm. that person might have been, what their circumstances might have been, and what, what the effect of missing that call might have had on them. And I just think that the, some of the... Some of the promotion, and as you said, I heard you say the other day, some presenters, uh, you know, 
uh, promote competition with different different In fairness, they all have to read out the same script, Donald. In fairness. Oh, yeah. No, well, some of them read it a bit differently. Like one presenter in particular, I recall, used to always say, no pressure when he was okay. uh, reading fair, about yeah. Others don't. Others hype it up in a different way. But the fact that some, somebody would say to, about a caller who missed the previous day, or uh, an entrant who missed the call the previous day, they must be kicking themselves. Uh, I thought it was particularly okay. crass. And that was and, one. Of, that uh, was that was one of the questions we asked, Bauer. Yeah. Um, how, how many entrants have lost out? In other words, how many times yeah. have you phoned, not got an answer? How many times have you phoned and got the wrong answer? And they won't, they wouldn't yeah. tell us that either. But that's their entitlement. Yeah. Okay, so Don. This, this competition, sorry, one thing is you don't know, the, in most competitions, you know the odds, right? Yeah. You don't know the odds in this. You don't know how many people are entering. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, and uh, people seem, I would say, imagine they have a better chance. Okay, than that's they, a good point. Because the, the okay. Irish Times criticism is, uh, of this item is based around whether you, you cover horse racing on RTE. But we know the odds. Yeah. We know the form of the horse, you make some judgment and it's an incredibly enjoyable spectator sport, but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, yeah. Donald Harrington, good to meet you, and uh, Michael. Thanks for all your questions, Michael. Sorry we couldn't get you more answers. Apologies. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie. This being Friday and this being uh, the uh, week since we start, we got that first call last Friday about prostate cancer and uh, it, it, it opened uh, a barrage of calls uh, from men, which is great in itself, uh, men talking about this issue. Like, when is the last time you were in a group of men Three or four of you, and one of them turned around to each other and said, "How? By the way, how's your mental health?" And he started saying, "Well, this is where I am. I was in a group of men before Christmas, and somebody asked that exact question, and we all went through it and answered it. And I thought it was great. It's the first time that I've ever been in a group of men where someone asked that question. Anyway, maybe ask that question if you're in if you're in out with a few mates." Uh, at the weekend, especially men, everybody, but especially men. Okay, Frank Cook is in Donegal. That's why we want, I want to go back to this because um, so many people, now I know uh, every every case is different, but there's a lot of similarities. For example, Frank Cook, Frank in Donegal, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe, how are you? Good, and you are, the. Uh, you, there was no symptoms, but the, the, the you got a regular check because, as we heard, if it's in your brothers, obviously, males, or your father, well, then you should get... And is that what propelled you? Yeah, my father actually died of it. Well, yeah. okay. And uh, so at the... Uh, I, 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 probably from a whim on my own part, I went down to the doctor and I said that I, you know, I want to get checked. And he did me bloods and he came back and he said, your PSA is only 2.7. There's nothing wrong with you. Okay. And I said it to my wife, and my wife says, you're wasting the doctor's time, you know, mm. and then spent, and spent wasting time and spending money. But I said, no, I want to get checked. So I went, they organized uh, a urologist, okay. great woman down in Sligo. Okay. And she physically examined me and said, there's a bit of hardness there. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. And so she said, uh, we'll do a microbiopsy. Well done. And... Uh, and then they found that, you know, the, the prostate is probably something similar to a walnut. Yeah, that's a It has about four yeah. sections. 
Okay. Well, three three of those sections had cancer in them. And okay. so I had to get an MRI then and uh, got it sorted. And then we went to Galway to the university hospital there because that's the only area in in the northwest mm-hmm. that uh, looks after uh, this kind of treatment. Okay. And and I was offered three types of treatment. I was offered surgery, uh, brachy, or radium. And at the time, my daughter-in-law was pregnant, so and I'd been radioactive with brachy, so mm-hmm. I decided to go for the radium. And uh, I spent uh, seven weeks down in uh, okay. Galway and yeah. uh, getting daily doses for you know, for five, yeah, yeah. five days a week and go home at the weekend. And a many, a many, I it, the figure I heard during the week is uh, was up to 37, though HSE tell us 37 sessions of radiotherapy, but the HSE now tell us that's reduced considerably because of advances. How many sessions yeah. did you have to go through, Frank? 37. What did you, okay. Uh, yeah, now t- are we talking now, Joe, back in uh, over 10 years? Yeah, 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 great, yeah, great. Yeah. And, and how how are you now, Frank? Well, I'm fine. I still have no symptoms. <laughs> the only thing the only thing is is that uh, uh, I got an, a, a hormone injection, which was okay. a, a, yeah. a, a, a what you call a it was a well, two two syringe a double syringe, if you like, okay. into the stomach, and that uh, basically is the end of your manhood. Okay. Back then, you know, okay. they, t- they did tell you that, excuse the expression, that you would be shooting blanks, mm. but they didn't tell you that you wouldn't have a weapon to play to, to shoot them from. Okay. And that's upsetting. Yeah. That's upsetting. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I'm 76 okay. years of age now, so mm. it's not really any bother to me. <laughs> okay. Now, you're, you're, you're in a man's shed. I am, yes, yes. yes. And do, do, do the lads and I know there's some women in Manchester, oh, we, but do the we, lads we ever act- talk about this? Yes, we do. Brilliant. We talk a brilliant. lot about our health. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Uh, and I have a, a, a friend who I play golf with, who's who also has gone through it, and I chatted to him about it, and, and you know, guided him on uh, in some of the ways, yeah. you know. And, and so, we're, uh, we're saying to men, if you're going, if, if you're going to the your doctor. And you're in, you're in the doctor's room. Either say to him beforehand or her beforehand. Would would you do do a, and it, it's experienced doctors do it within seconds? Would you do the digital examination and see see is that walnut there? And they do it very quickly, and it's it's unintrusive, despite what people might think. And uh, doctors are brilliant yep. at it. But uh, but yeah. don't be afraid to ask for it, even if you have no symptoms, which no. was your case, Frank. Well done. Stay there, Absolutely. Frank. Stay there, Frank okay. and Donegal. I want to bring. I'll come back and say. I want to bring in uh, Michael Hegarty, who's in Galway. Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. How are you? Tell us your your story, Michael. Yeah, well, my my story started back in in uh, September 2020 when I got a call from my GP. Yeah, and uh, he said that um, uh, I'd, I'd done a blood test the previous January, which okay. they had neglected to come back to me on, and that my uh, PSA was uh, uh, 
Okay. Now, I didn't even know what PSA was at that stage. So, okay. you know, I, I, went, I went to my GP regularly. And so it turned out that there, there was a history of my PSA rising for two years uh, oh, before, before yeah. it came to my notice. Uh, anyway, uh, when I went to see him, the, there was a blood test done and the PSA mm. was 19. Mm. And uh, a month later, the PSA was 25. Mm. The, the, these, are, these are enormous figures uh, yeah. for most people now who've had prostate cancer. And by, by, the, tri- by the time my treatment started, which, which was uh, in December, okay. uh, my PSA was 40. And now I, I heard Tony Ward, the rugby, the rugby player, mm. talking one day. His went from two to four, and his GP brought him in. Okay. You know. So yeah. uh, I started. I started. And had you then, any, I was, sorry, sorry, Mike. This yeah. is. This is. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear this. And Michael, did had you any symptoms? No symptoms at any time. Okay. No symptoms of any kind. Okay. I was told it was, at that stage, I was told it was stage four, terminal, I- inoperable and incurable. This was in December uh, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I was told hormone treatment was really the only way for me to go. Mm. Uh, the, other, the, other, the other options were ruled out. And... Um, as it transpired, I, my, my, my partner was with me. We went out to the car park and sat into the car and Brenda told me that she had been diagnosed on the Monday with terminal cancer. Of course. Same I'm week. so sorry to hear that. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tough. So. So, so um, where, where are we now? Well, Brenda passed away on the 18th of August, 2022. Um, you know, she went, she went through a year of, of uh, yeah. torture with hospitals and A&E and ambulances and, yeah. and so on. And then with, with me, um, I was on the hormone treatment. Uh, basically, the drivers of prostate cancer are, are testosterone and sugar. Yeah. And the hormone treatment is about removing the testosterone from your system okay. and replacing it with estrogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, as, as, as Frank was talking about there, you, you know, you go into menopause, yeah. uh, like female menopause, yeah. with hot flushes, restless legs, erectile dysfunction, sweats. loss of sex drive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> night sweats. And body shape, your body shape actually changes mm-hmm. uh, into a female body. With, when you okay. grow breasts and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, so I was on all that treatment and I still had never had any pain or ache in relation to the cancer. Um, so early last, um, last spring, I got a gut feeling that the cancer was gone. Good, good feeling. Okay. Um, so I talked to the onco- oncologist and he, he arranged tests uh, and last June... The reports came back for me. Uh, MRIs indicated that the tumours were no longer there. Now, I had been told that they were in, in my prostate, in, in my uh, lymph nodes and in my bones. Mm-hmm. And they were gone. Okay. And uh, so he told me I was in durable remission. Uh, D- durable remission? What do you call durable remission? 
and well, they normally say remission. They never, they never say you're cured, of course. Hmm. And, and that's totally reasonably. But um, but think... durable remission meaning meaning long lasting. Okay. You know? So, but incredibly, yeah, you went for inoperable and incurable <laughs> to durable yes. remission, which is fantastic. Yeah, but Joe, Joe, okay. it turned out that that was probably the luckiest break I ever got. Because the alternative would have been a, a prostate removal operation right at the beginning. Okay, yeah. And I, I work as a psychotherapist myself, oh, so great, I, I have great. clients coming coming to me with mm-hmm. these kind of problems. Yeah. And I, I've had men who've been suicidal yeah. because they've had the operation and they're incontinent and they're impotent. Yeah. And, and, and they're hit with this very suddenly. Like I had one man that, that he was told on a Monday that he had the problem, he had the surgery on the Wednesday, and the following week, you know, he found all, all these um, after effects. Yeah. Yeah. So in my own case, after I was diagnosed, I, I, I decided to write a book uh, oh, in, in, the, in the time I had left. Yeah. And so okay. I was a late starter in, into talk therapy. Yeah. I, I was, I'm 74 now, so I, I was... 64 when I qualified. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, still young. So I wrote I wrote the book for new therapists and for for anybody okay. that would, would anybody that would consider talk therapy. So it's really a book about how I work as a therapist, and then included in that also obviously is, is the early stages of it is is about uh, our personal circumstances, Brenda and myself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I self-published as a, a, I didn't have time to go around to yeah, yeah, agents and arduous, publishers yeah, be, yeah. because you know we had a deadline, you know. Um, so uh, Brenda attended the the launch uh, in June twenty two, and she died two months later. You know? God rest her. God rest her. Yeah, and yeah, obviously yeah. the two of you were on. Not just a life journey together, but unfortunately a health journey together. But just, the, the roads diverged. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And and of course, I carried that that guilt. You know. Did you? Yeah, oh yeah. The survivor could get. You know, okay. like you know, Brenda was nineteen years younger than me. You know, she was fifty-four when she died. You know. And what do what do you say to in your put on your other half for a sec, if you would, mm. Michael, the psychotherapy? Yeah. What do you say to people to someone who would say to you, "I carry that survivor's guilt." How do I deal with oh, that? How just, do I cope? You just you really just allow them to talk about it. Okay. You know, it's 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 by talking that that you overcome most of these things. You know, it, mm. it's it's the stuff that's held inside is the problem. You know, uh, once once you talk about it, you know, you get it out. You're you're able to express all your feelings about it. Uh, then then the that whole anxiety side of things uh, a, a bit. Yeah. And do you find men in your, again, wearing, keep that hat on for a second, uh, do you yeah. find men will talk about, uh, obviously if they're coming to a psychotherapist they're talking about a mental health yeah. or a relationship yeah. or whatever, or trauma. Yeah, uh, they will. Uh, uh, they will bring it up, okay. They okay. will, but not, but not, I found exactly the same as, 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 as you said yourself, that, mm. you know, I'd go, go for the few pints with my pals on a Friday evening and that stuff would never come up. And it's mm. o- only when I got the prostate cancer did any man ever mention that they had the problem. Yeah. 
but there's a huge sense of shame, and it's particularly around the the, the manhood thing. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that yeah. They're, they're, they lose their sexual powers, and and they're so oh. shamed about that that they keep it quiet. You know, so I I found it very strange. You know, listening to a lot of of you know there are obviously lots of programs about female menopause, mm. which is wonderful. Yeah, of course. But, but I often listen to them saying, Jesus, I know there's, there's all these men out there mm. who have this problem and it's, it's, it's you know, it's completely hidden. Yeah. So, which is why I contacted you yeah, after and, I heard the programme. Yeah, and, you know? and I think it's why so many people, um, so many people uh, contacted us. Um, Michael, mm. condolences on mm. Brenda's untimely passing. Um, mm. I wish it, it, great durability in your remission. And mm. as you know, as mm. you know there were, if, we, if we are going to have a word of the year in Ireland, a prediction, yeah. it's going to be the word durable because the word durable is going to be in the wording of the referendum on March the 8th, the durable relationship. Um, but I'm so glad that you're in durable uh, remission. And uh, yeah. great, great work. Psychotherapists do incredible, incredible work. Uh, long, may, long may you continue. And thank you so much, as to the other men as well, and to be more, mm. thank you so much to, to your contribution. And stay stay well and stay, don't just stay durable, Michael. Stay like a mm. Duracell bunny and keep going and keep <laughs> writing and keep working. You've great energy. You've great energy. Sure, thank you so much. Good good of good of a veal Algus Apprentice. Back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. As I say, regard for Brendan O'Carroll and indeed for RTE, I hasten to add, and we stayed around uh, the group of us uh, on the street for another hour, just saying people were coming up and we were saying thank you for coming, especially after the year that was in it. But anyway, people were just full of goodwill. But somebody mentioned to me, I won't mention the shop because we haven't said it to them yet, but somebody mentioned to me that they bought something uh, for Christmas in a store uh, in Dublin and they were told, oh, by the way, from the first January, our refund policy is changing. It used to be 28 days, but now it will be 14 days. And she was making the point. She only comes up to Dublin once every few months, so it's a bit... But anyway, we'll try and find out more because we have a good news story from an Irish business. Uh, Sean Curry is in Swords in uh, North County, Dublin. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. I was just saying there was a wonderful interview with that gentleman. Yeah, well, Michael, as you got out with Michael, I didn't have to ask him many questions. He was just so giving. Yeah, no, it was so wonderful. Giving. But I want to talk about a durable gift voucher. Oh, good well. man. A dura, durable and duracell. Go ahead. A durable, <laughs> this is the word of the year, durable. What does it mean? Okay, a durable gift voucher. What does it mean in your case? Well, I got a gift voucher when I was 40, which is 25 years ago. Okay. And uh, long story short, I put it aside. There was a few tragic things in my family so I put it I just put it aside forgot about it and it was clearing out a security box and lo and behold came across it for bests okay. so the, this was in punts a hundred punts and there was neighbours of mine in screen and counting me that come together okay. and got me a wee bit and just for people that don't know best bests are there for they used to say about 
um, who was a Harry Carter, there for more years than you care to remember. My father <laughs> used to get uh, suits from Best's and from Borton's on the HP. Do you remember that, John? Yeah. By the week. Man, by the week. Yeah, but anyway, know, so Best's are, are a great Irish company, been going for years. The brand new, the, 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 um, the voucher you found, 25, so old that it was in a different currency. A different currency. Absolutely, in, in Ponce, yeah. And okay. I popped down to Bess in the pavilions, okay. went in and talked to a lovely lady there, and she had a look at it. Initially, she went, God, I don't know what they will do about this, but yeah. leave her with me. And I got a call back literally the next day to say they would be delighted to honour it. For they're just going to convert into yours, which I'm absolutely delighted about. And I just thought it was a marvellous news story to say that there is companies out there that well done, Bess. Respect their respect their clients, I suppose, and their customers. Okay, well let's let's get them. And by the way, it, it, so what what is a hundred pounds now? A hundred and twenty? Sorry, a hundred twenty. Yeah, but they're just going to convert into yours, which I'm delighted right, now. Right. Now, now, um, looking back as the fella said, over the last 25 years. Are you, are, will you be the same measurements for a suit and Bess? I certainly won't, because I would have never gone near <laughs> I would have never got no disrespect to Bess, but I would have never been going in. I've been going in for a drape. Yeah, no, I lost a uh, little over six stone there. Oh, so I, uh, by by yeah. choice, I hope. Oh, God. Well done, well done. By choice. So um, I'm delighted, yeah. Um, So I better go down and pick myself up some nice pair of trousers or yeah, short well or whatever. Done. Well done. Together, so okay, let's let's give a club to uh, let's give a plug to best. They deserve it. They're the best. Um, oh, they do. No, they're, they're, they're the best. For the head yeah. offices in Santry in Dublin, they're in Dundrum, they're in Liffey Valley, they're in Mahon Point in Cork, they're in Blanche, they're in Swords, you were wondering Jervis, they're in Newbridge, they're in Stalorgan, they're in Omni in Santry, they're in Stevens Green, they're in Scotch Hall and Drogheda. It's not a great company. Is that a great Absolutely. company? Absolutely. And well I done. I didn't even know they were in that far. Yeah. And, players left and there, well done. Great. Well, best by name and best by nature. Yes. That so could be their slogan. Go. Sean, go to meet them all. Enjoy your, enjoy all right, your thank shopping. Thank you very much. Good news story to finish day. on. Take care, you too. Good morning. Okay, today's producer was Tara Lockery Grant. Jamie Doyle is on sound. You'll also see him in the current Brennan's Brad Bread ad. He's the fellow with the ponytail and the beard. Looks fantastic, actually. Um, BCO Shane Calvin and uh, the series producer is Annette Egan and Ray Darcy is next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie